Welcome to the Project In Between podcast, an open and safe place where we are sharing stories of healing from emotional and stressful events. After any form of emotional trauma, there is an in-between phase, a healing phase. The in-between phase, this is where uncertainty meets growth and renewal. We all heal from these situations at different rates. What matters is the stories we resonate with, the lessons we have gained, and the experience that has made us a better person. So today I have got Carol Ann, sorry, I'm going to say it slowly, Carol Ann Grant-Smith, a children's fiction author and a memoirist under the name of Elora Khan. Is it Elora Khan? Yep. Yep. Uh, Elora, or Carol, is a <laughs> and a recent empty nester. So welcome and thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, give us a little bit of a background, a bit more of an overview of yourself. Um, where did you grow up? Um, yeah, just give us a little bit more of a background. Okay, so I had a very sheltered upbringing um, back in South Africa. I live in Australia now. have been here for 18 years. But, um, yeah, my small hometown was called East London in South Africa. Really tiny town, kind of a town where everybody knew everybody's business. So... <laughs> It was very sheltered, you know, it was the kind of life where you go and ride your bicycle, climb trees, you know, and just pretty much have, have a great childhood. So it was, it was a sheltered beginning, um, so there was lots of potential for growth, <laughs> which kind of did happen along the way. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so, so you came over 18, to Australia 18 years ago? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And in that time, what have you been doing? So I, um, back in South Africa, I was a childcare educator. So I continued that here in Australia. I did have to um, uh, renew my childcare diploma. So I'm studying and working full time, as I'm sure most of you know, is a nightmare and settling a new family in a new country. It was, it was quite horrendous, to be honest, the first year or so. Mm. Um, but yeah, I kept, continued in um, childcare for about 20 years or so including sorry including um, back in South Africa um lots of ups and downs in the childcare industry it's it's very stressful and as I mentioned I, I had a sheltered upbringing so you know it's I take on a lot of the responsibility for myself and there were many times when I actually had to take a break mm. and just sort of figure out you know sort of my um modus operandi really and, and you know if it was something I wanted to continue doing so I did until eventually it just actually really got too much. And um, I, I, I was pretty much forced to stop myself, you know, self-imposed re early retirement, if you want, or reluctant retirement. <laughs> Being a, a carer of children or even of adults or any of that sort of stuff, it can be quite, um, you know, I call it compassion fatigue um, yeah. pretty much can take over and especially when you're looking after other people's children then you've got to deal with the parents and stress parents yeah. who are also working would rather be with their kids so yeah, yeah. I can only imagine like I know I had my own child in in daycare and and I hated I hated having her in daycare yeah. I had so much compassion for the people that you know, looked after her and I um so grateful but it is I could see how stressful yeah. it could be yeah actually I really like that term that you used compassion fatigue it's 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 really genuine because you know we put so much of ourselves into our job most of us do and you do reach that stage where you just can't anymore and yeah that's pretty much where I got to yeah right okay so yeah tell us a little bit about your um your in-between phase your you know yeah just tell us a little bit about your 
bit bit more about yourself, I guess. Yeah. So so for me, um, there wasn't one particular big in between phase. There were many little ones along the way, and that's pretty much my point. Hmm. You know, it doesn't. It's not always loud. You yep. know, it, it can be those little incidental appearances that just wear you down hmm. until you just really can't go on anymore. And and that was pretty much my um, in between phase. Those were my in between phases. I am. Um, I had to, I quit from one of my childcare jobs because I just, I couldn't be the person they wanted me to be. They wanted me to be a um, person in charge and, and that was just too stressful as well as the caring. And I had to take stock and, um, you know, figure out sort of who I was. Am I, am I still a childcare educator? Am I a leader? What am I? So that was my first sort of acknowledgement that I needed growth or help or, or something. That was sort of the first uh nick in my um, persona if you want to call it that and then during that phase and I think this had a lot to do with it during that phase uh, I had um, early perimenopause and I did not expect that at all it was 10 years too early and that that threw me and you know Christy those are things that some of us never talk about it's I was completely sort of unawares it was totally unexpected and that really threw me so and again I was sort of this monster bouncing off the walls trying to figure out who on earth had you know engulfed my body who I was anyway figured that out and then went back to childcare, and that went well for a while um but eventually it just wore me down again and I actually I ended up having a breakdown at school in class oh, <laughs> no. it was the grand exit <laughs> I could just imagine it, like, you know, just like fuck <laughs> everything down and you're like, that's it, I'm out here. <laughs> Pretty much, I just, I, yeah, there were, there were about four or five children crying around me and I just looked at my room leader and I just said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And she said, do what? And I just said this. And that was my, pretty much my last day in childcare. I went to the doctor, you know, got whatever medication and help I needed and, um, put in my leave and, and I never went back. So, yeah, so that's what I say, little incidental moments through through life that just were unexpected and I didn't know how to deal with them, you know, and, and there's not a lot of help for that out there, those small sort of incidents. There's help for, and there's not a lot of help for the big incidences either, but there's more awareness sort of happening, you know, but it's the little ones that chip away at you that, that aren't really spoken about much yeah. and they're important, you know, they oh, yeah. need to be dealt with. That's right. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I didn't, because this podcast is not just about all of the big yucky moments. It's also about the little yucky moments because they yeah. affect you just as much. They chip away slowly at your, mm. your, your psyche. And unless, exactly. you're, um, unless you're given the adequate tools, I mean, as you said, mm. you had a pretty sheltered upbringing. So yes. you weren't even given the adequate tools to deal with those, even just the minor things. Yes, Exactly yeah so it wasn't you know it wasn't sort of it's not that it wasn't deemed necessary it just it was just never aired yeah you know it was just not something anybody spoke about you know so I think that's the issue too is that I, I I'm not really sure if um you know I, with people that I've been speaking to obviously over the years through nursing but also in my circle just random people yeah. that I talk to I think we have, as, a, as, a, as humans, we have this tendency to really um, downgrade our own inner struggles because, because we're comparing, often comparing them to other people's bigger struggles. Yes, absolutely. But your struggle is your struggle alone, no matter what it is. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and, you know, we, we do downplay them because they're small and we think, oh, they're not sort of deserving of, of attention because, you know, who am I to complain about what I'm going through when there are people going through bigger things? But that's part of my growth, you know. It's, it's a struggle and it's real for me and for others like me and it does need to be dealt with. People like that do need help. You know, it can get very serious. There were some very dark moments when I um, was going through those stages and I just didn't know who to turn to. Mm. And... Um, yeah, the, pretty much the only people I did speak to about it were my husband and my doctor, and that's it. Two people out of all the billions of people on earth that I could have spoken to, and, you know, there's just not that scope for those small sort of incidents. It's strange, isn't it, that, that we just sort of, uh, you know, pick out, like we just go straight to a doctor or a, a loved one and don't really think that maybe there are other people out there going through a very similar situation, and they probably want the support as well. Exactly, that's right. And the more we speak about it, like you and I are doing, and the more awareness, then, then they will get the help that they need because they're aware that, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I can get help for my little problems because they're not little, they're real, and they need they need help to be dealt with. So, yeah. I'm a massive believer in catching the, the tiny snowball before it becomes an avalanche. Perfect, yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a great example. Because at the end of the day, we, we all, we're all humans. We all have human emotions. Um, unfortunately, the thing that I'm starting to realise now is that we don't get given the, the tools to deal with those particular emotions uh, exactly. in childhood. Um, yes. And, yeah. Right. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's normal to have the cyclical, you know, human emotions that we do experience, but it's, um, Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah, and, you know, when you're in a new situation experiencing these ups and downs, they're, they're new emotions that you've never experienced before. And if you haven't spoken to anyone who might have experience in that area, mm. you know, you don't know what to do because it's, it's a brand new experience. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting growth. It's been um, fast growth, I must say, you know, since I've taken time out. And that, look, I am privileged to be able to take time out. I get that. But again, it doesn't discount my issues, you know, just because I'm in that category that I was able to take, albeit reluctant retirement, you know, I still need, <laughs> still need sort of help dealing with those issues. And that's my whole point. You know, people, ordinary people on the streets, we all need help dealing with stuff. So. Yeah. And I think it's also about accepting the fact that it's, it doesn't matter where you are on the social status of life or economic yeah. status of life you yeah. know you stay in your own lane and and, and obviously don't make, don't be oblivious to the fact that there are other things going on you know because if you go yeah. into your bubble it can be you can become a little yeah. bit ignorant I think but, yes um, absolutely yeah but again it's just about understanding that it's okay to go through these things and but you did the, the best I mean you were lucky sort of you caught it pretty quickly and you had that yes. ability to um yeah to to pair it back yeah to, to to get to manage to you know rise above it so mm. yeah I'm fortunate to be able to do that I'd love to know a little bit more because I know that well now you're writing children's books which I think is kind of it's kind of great because you know through your experiences as a child care educator you now get to you understand kids you know, in a way that some people probably don't. You you understand what their needs are. So tell us a little bit about your um your children's books and what they're about. Yeah, so I guess with pretty much over 20 years experience, I do have a, a little bit of a more understanding than, than some others. Um, my first children's book that I wrote was actually 
based on a true event, but the book is entirely fiction. But it was a beautiful moment that my oldest son and I shared on a camping trip. We were stargazing, and as we were stargazing, so a shooting star um, sped across the sky. So that's how that story started. We kind of then imagined, you know, the beginnings and endings of shooting stars. Um, and, yes, yeah, so to draw on children's strengths and their vivid imaginations, uh, you know, I just – that's kind of more how the book evolved. It starts with the shooting star, but it evolves into this our magnificent universe. You know, children – understandably, young children don't get to experience the universe. They're asleep at night. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a way to introduce them to our amazing world, you know, that they and to bring awareness to to a greater sort of aspect than just sort of their immediate environment, you know. So that that's how that one started. The second one is also actually based on a true story. Um, I, my husband and I went to visit my sister and brother-in-law on their yacht, and um, they have a cat, a sailor cat. And that story is based on the sailor cat. So, again, fiction, because the cat can't really skip at the yacht. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, again, you know, um, a little bit of sort of, I brought a little bit of um, caring for, well, wildlife into that story, cats predominantly, because a lot of them are on the streets, and, and she was a street cat. So I kind of brought that aspect into it. Again, just to broaden children's awareness, you know, it's not just about their little world. There's so much so much more out there sorry my laptop just went yeah. um so yeah so they both sort of kind of based on on a true event but they're completely fiction yeah I think a lot of um books are based on this is what I'm starting to get now is a lot of books are based on some sort of true event that, you, that that's either fictionized or non-fictionized and at the end of the day like it's it's all about the creative process and and how cool that's right yeah. yeah, because I mean, besides research, which authors have to do, you know, you base your stories on experience predominantly and yeah, experience is based on true stories. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you might think a lot of, a lot of authors do. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm a massive believer in um, having creation um, as a form of healing um, and ex- self-expression, even as adults, because I do believe that I think we can lose that part of ourselves as adults that that creative space and and that imaginative space. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah, and it does a lot to, you know, when you put your thoughts on paper, you, it's not only the words that you're writing, it's all those little processes that are happening, you know, in the neurons. And you're right. I think that definitely is a a healing process of sorts because it's going from thought process to words, sure, but you're figuring it out in the meantime while you're getting there. So, yeah. Seeing the world through kids' eyes um, is so lovely. I um, have a, about a 20, 25-minute drive to take my daughter to school every, every day when I have her. And um, yes. we have really amazingly imaginative and funny conversations about things. And I just laugh consistently. Like the other day, we're talking about fairies. Ah. And she goes, Mom, fairies aren't real. They're just, sorry, I'm going to laugh. Sorry. She said, she goes, they're just, sorry, I'm still laughing. They're just flies dressed up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She's just, she's just so practical. Yes. Oh, sweet. Just Yeah, but as you say, seeing the world through children's eyes, it really does, you know, it gets quite unique. <laughs> yeah, just listening to the uh, the things that they say. One of her friends, um, 
uh, his mother is a nurse and, you know, he's he loves science and he just asks all these amazing, um, you know, would you rather questions and he wants, he wants to know, you know, the ins and outs of everything and I just love watching their curiosity. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the, the way that they perceive the things that you're seeing is so completely, what we're seeing as adults is so completely different. And to get into their little minds that way is just fascinating. I, I love it. And I do love that aspect of childcare, but not the stresses that come with it. <laughs> but yeah, to, 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 yeah, to see the, the wonder through their eyes is just fabulous. Yeah, I totally agree. It was the same mm-hmm. for me with nursing. It was almost, I had a very similar experience to you with nursing. I you know, after, you know, nearly 10 years, I, I remember doing a shift at a specific, you know, area. And I remember walking out of that particular shift and I was a bit like you and I was like, got in my car and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Yep. You know, I love this job, but I am so burnt out. I cannot do this anymore. Yes. And like you, I was very lucky. I got to take six months off mm. and to decide what it was that I wanted to do and went back to uni, etc. But um, yeah. Yeah, I just think sometimes there's these moments where you're just like, oh, yeah, you love it, yeah. but you, you've got to find another way to do it. And that's kind of what I'm doing with the podcast because I used to yeah. love sitting down and talking to everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I like how you put that as well. You love the job, but you find another way of doing it. And I think that's what I found with writing those children's stories, you know. I love seeing the world through children's eyes. And, um, yeah, so I found an outlet that I can do that still. So, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I like that. I think it's, yeah, because it's really good to have a healthy perspective of how or have it have, when you can get that clar- mental clarity and go, mm. I do love this, but I just can't do it. What's another way or how is another way that I can do this and still yeah. ha- enjoy the love of it? And I think that you doing the, the fiction books, I think they're great. I'm going to have to get some for my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she's a bookworm too. <laughs> oh wonderful yeah I mean I am still learning my way around this whole author thing you know they're self-published but um yeah it's it's, it's a wonderful way to to get the creativity flowing I enjoy it mm, yes thank god for self-publishing at least I feel like with self-publishing um it almost gives you that ability to to just put it out anyway even if it's not perfect but it gives you that stepping stone to get confident absolutely absolutely I have learned so much you know just I mean I was a childcare educator what did I know about self-publishing and and I think even that you know stretching the brain to learn new things you stop focusing on on the sort of problems it's it's not that you're sort of sweeping them under the mat but you stop focusing on what's wrong and you start dealing with what's right and yeah. that's what self-publishing gave me. I, I've learned so much, really. And, yes, as you say, not perfect, but the gains that I've made have been phenomenal. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. I've loved it. Growth. I joined a writer's group and um, I met one of the ladies and she's like, oh, I've got this idea for a book, but I don't know and I don't know if anyone's going to read it. And I was like, lady, write the damn book. Like, you, you, you don't know what could come from it, but it's more the growth that you get from writing the first one, you know. Exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. So processing your thoughts into words on the papers for your own growth. And if you happen to help one other person out there, fantastic, you know. I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what kind of support uh, after you decided I'm out? So you yes. said you went to your doctor and your husband. Did you seek any other support? I didn't, you know, it was it was such an 
it was so out of the blue, to be honest. I, I don't know if it was a mental breakdown or an emotional breakdown. I don't know what it was, um, but it was so out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Did run straight to my doctor. He pretty much prescribed um, uh, like something like a sleeping tablet. And I pretty much slept for two weeks. Yep. My two weeks notice, I pretty much slept. And no, I didn't, I didn't, because... Because I had that, uh, you know, that rest, that, that forced sleep, I didn't seek any other help. Then the other time that the breakdown did um, uh, come to the fore was also pretty much out the blue. We were at lunch with friends, you know, around the dinner table and we were talking. I, don't, I can't actually remember what the conversation was, was about. We were chatting away. And before I knew it, I was having a little breakdown in front of my friends about not being able to go back to childcare. <laughs> so it comes in waves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and of course, friends are always supportive. They, they generally say what you want them to say. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that helped as well, having that outlet to speak to, to friends, you know, trusted people about it as well. So no, I didn't seek any other professional help. Mm-hmm. Um, the other people that I did speak to was um, staff from our head office. Mm-hmm. They came, they actually came to see me um, at our centre, childcare centre. And I think that was so good because I spoke openly about, you know, mental fatigue uh, or emotional fatigue or compassion fatigue, as you call it. Yeah. And I said, you know, the situation wasn't healthy where I, where I was. It was, there wasn't enough support for mental um strength I don't I can't think of the term anyway they really took that on board and since I have left um, I'm still friends in in touch with some of my ex-colleagues and um, I've seen huge improvement in mental health support in the childcare industry so it's good again speaking you know to to the people who are in charge so that they can do something about it otherwise they don't know that we need support you know they think we're all good and and inside we're actually not so Mm. no I didn't seek any professional help as far as counseling goes but um, the people that I did speak to seemed to to help. So what you yeah. had was enough. My my door's about the same. <laughs> um, yeah, I think unfortunately within <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah my door just slammed. That's okay. Um, within Australia, um, there's a, there is an inherent culture that if whenever you say mental health, it's yes. almost like people get really like all you know oh inside yeah. which. It's it's just it's a broken system, unfortunately, because at the end of the day, in end, we are born with a brain and a body and a heart, and they all need to be tended to. Exactly right. You know, it's it's it could be just a, a mental health challenge. It doesn't. It's not always necessarily something that needs clinical support you know um but it needs to be spoken about it needs to be spoken normally about like physical health you know we speak about our physical health we speak about our fitness we need to speak about our mental health as well that's so important so many people suffer in silence and it's not necessary i think it's the stigma that you know when you think of it's kind of like with alcoholics you you think an alcoholic is somebody who is homeless and living on the street Mm. or whatever i mean you know and you know with the back that's not always true you don't know where they've come from and you don't know what their story is and it's the same people who have really extensive mental health challenges you know Mm -hmm. say mental health it's like somebody who's in a psych ward that's so not true because there is a spectrum, you know, it, there is an in-between, I'm going to say. That's right. And I think it's those beliefs from long ago that has created the stigma that we're living with today. And it's really not necessary. It's such a normal thing to go through. Everybody goes through ups and downs, just some go through bigger ups and downs than others, you know? Yep. I think the more people that speak about even the small the small downs and say, oh, I'm, 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 I'
having a bit of a down day today. So I'm just going to chill out and, yeah. you know, not speak, and, and, but I'll be back. Like, don't stress. I'm not about to have a break. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's quite right. Yeah. Um, all right. So would there be any advice? So this is actually kind of good for, for you and I. Um, what sort of advice would you give to people who are only who are well, I shouldn't say only because it's not my mm. um, who are experiencing you know those little challenges throughout life yeah what, you, what advice would you give to them about you know seeking help or yeah my biggest and loudest advice that I would give is has also been my biggest area of growth is to use your voice no one can hear you if you don't speak and don't be scared to ask for help that, that is pretty much what I've spoken about in my um, memoir that I've written is I found my voice too late. I was always, you know, there's that people-pleasing sort of scenario where you just keep the peace and keep quiet and don't say anything. Use your voice. That's my biggest piece of advice. Use it and use it loud. Yeah, we're gifted with the gift of having a voice and a voice box and, yeah, uh, yeah use it. Don't be, I think, I think a lot of us can get quite scared of using it. Maybe it's childhood conditioning. Maybe it's, you know, environmental. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it There's is. There's a whole lot of factors, you know, personality, nurture, nature, all of that. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of um, people who are too scared to, in case they offend people. Yes, we don't, I'm not talking about being rude and offensive, no. But I'm talking about standing up for yourself. You know, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. That's my biggest piece of advice. Oh, yeah. That's been probably my biggest life lesson in the last mm. 30 plus years is learning to, it's, you got to, sometimes you got to learn to back yourself. Yes. <laughs> and nobody else can back yourself. No, that's right. And it's not selfish. I think that's something I was always concerned about. Well, you know, I can't sort of defend myself or back myself or whatever because I, feel, I felt like I was being self centered or selfish. It's not. But you need to look after yourself first because we all know the old saying, you can't look after others if you can't have them look after yourself, you know. So, yeah, and the way of looking after yourself is to back yourself, to speak up for yourself and, um, yeah, have an opinion. Mm. It's allowed. <laughs> yeah, 100% it's allowed. Yeah, and I love people that have opinions because that's how you learn. You know, when, when somebody else has a, an opinion, I'm like, please tell me. I'll Like maybe I'll learn something from this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's been my biggest area of growth is to speak up. Awesome. Okay. Um, So obviously creative writing is a really great healing modality. Um, Is Have you ever sought out any other forms of healing? Like, yeah, any other alternative forms of healing? Yeah, I've I've, um, played around with meditation both the, the deep um, sort of transcendental type and just the shallower awareness type of meditation. Um, and I have found it really helpful. Actually, my, my sister's been really helpful in that area. Um, she's, she's a, 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 I don't know how to say it. She's, she's um, a real believer in meditation and the energy fields. And she was really helpful. Actually, yes, I should mention that she helped me through a lot. Sorry. Sorry, sis. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, deep meditation in the beginning to sort of help calm the whole nervous system and, you know, um, ground on yourself. That really helped me. Um, I don't do so much of the deep meditation anymore. I do, the, I, um, I love the breathing meditation where you just 
you know, bring yourself back to center. That that helps me through a lot these days. That just that just that sort of few minutes, you know, just to remind yourself that everything's okay. Just take a deep breath and it's all good. Yeah. So that's kind of what I um, use these days. It's the best form oxygen. All it is 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 you you just reoxygenating your body. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it does one. It is most freest forms of um, self care. Exactly. That's quite right. <laughs> um, is, there something, is there something sort of self-care? Now, when I talk about self-care, I mean, like, do you go and get your hair done regularly? Like, what sort of self-care activities do you do to look after yourself? Um, I'm not so much of a hair person. That's all right. <laughs> I, as far as self-care, self-indulgence would be my along soap bath. Along, sorry, along soak in the bath yes that would be a self-indulgent thing um and i guess also self-indulgent i suppose or necessity is um light exercise mm -hmm. i used to be an ultra runner back in the day that was somebody else not not this person you're talking to but i used to be an ultra runner i really pushed my body and i think that was also a way of coping you know you, you sort of push the troubles behind you because you're pushing your body physically um that also wore me down i, I can't anymore so light exercise is, is another coping mechanism for me um, walks in the forest, my favorite thing, but I can't, you know, that's not something I can do every day. There's not a forest on my doorstep. So, <laughs> but yeah, soaking in the bath, light exercise, walks in, in nature. Those are kind of my go-tos now. Mm -hmm. There's um, been a lot of research going into um, getting out into nature, um, yes. into the national parks and how great it is um, for, for your mental health. Um, just to see the trees and, and oxygen and yes absolutely I've had a, I have a saying trees are my tribe I don't know I think I was a tree way back <laughs> <laughs> I, just, yeah, I have a thing for trees I really I, I feel their wisdom they're like the wisdom of the ancients I don't know I sound maybe a little bit woo woo there but they do they have healing properties I'm convinced of it if you think about how a tree's grown like it starts from a root and slowly but surely it grows and it weathers yeah. storms and it weathers light rain and then big you know so if you think about it they're actually pretty resilient yeah. things absolutely they're out in the blazing sun you know in those hot summer days and yeah they actually are and they've got a lot of wisdom to teach us so yeah mm -hmm. i do i do believe in the healing elements of nature definitely Yep, I do too, 100%. Um, now, in an inspirational quote, I mean, I'm not really sure if you're into oh, No, actually you are. I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs> but have you got a favourite inspirational quote? Um, yes, I have. And it's one, um, I may have written it in my notes, but anyway, the one that comes to mind at the top of my head is um, there's a star up there with your name on it. Reach, man, reach. There's a little bit in the middle that I'm not sure of. And that's um, from Andre Agassi's um, uh, autobiography called Open. And I know reaching for the stars is, is metaphorical. We can't reach for the stars, but it's reaching for your goals. And, you know, don't stop trying, striving. Even if it's just small increments every day, keep reaching. Never give up. That's my inspiration. That keeps me going. I love that. That's one of my favourites as well. Just yeah. don't if you fall down get back up again keep going yeah. is it really important to you keep going exactly that's right keep back, reaching and back yourself back yourself yeah exactly okay um i love this question actually it's a lot of people what piece, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self 
speak up. <laughs> That's my biggest piece of advice. <laughs> I was a people pleaser way back then. You know, I, I've got a story about um, in my memoir when I was shopping for um, my wedding shoes. I was married at the age of 20. Um, so young and, and from my, you know, my sheltered upbringing, I was still very innocent. And I went into the shoe shop and um, the uh, assistant was trying to be helpful. I'll give her that. In, in the wisdom of my 54 years, I can see that she was trying to be helpful. But as a 20-year-old, she said to me, um, you'd be stupid not to buy those shoes. So I bought the shoes and I didn't want to um, because I couldn't speak up. Mm. You know, I didn't want her to think I was this stupid because I didn't buy the shoes. So that's the advice for my younger self. I will maintain it throughout all my public speaking is to speak up. Find your voice and use it. Mm. I say that to yeah. my daughter all the time. Speak. Yeah. Do not hold that stuff in. If you've got something to say, Absolutely. say it. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. It. Okay. Favorite food? Because food can be so just lovely and <laughs> oh, I don't like to use the word naughty food, but man, I'm a naughty food eater. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I try, I mean, I do eat healthy. I, I, I believe I have a good balance between healthy foods and naughty foods. But, yeah, my naughty foods would be like pizza. Um, it's like comfort food, I guess. Comfort food, you know. A treat is, is like dark chocolate. Yeah, I mean, I have all the dark, you know, the, the cakes and stuff. But dark chocolate is, is one of my favorite foods, one of my favorite treats. Mm. Love it. Mm. Got to have a healthy balance. It's the whole point to life. You know? yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, and now, do you listen to music? Are you into music? Yeah. So I do. A little bit of a blend, a lot of a blend, actually. And I think a lot of it stems from my running days because I was um, pushing myself to run an ultra marathon. As you can imagine, a lot of, a lot of it was tough. Yeah. And my youngest son at the time um, gave me <laughs> some beautiful heavy metal music to listen to. And I love it. <laughs> This is great. Yeah, you scream at the top of your lungs, you know, and it's just, it gets, yeah, I love that. It's really motivating. I'm also a little bit of a, a country girl. I like singing along to old John Denver and, and Dolly Parton, stuff like that, and a bit of pop thrown in, and, of course, the ballads. So, um, John John Legend, is it? John Legend is one of my favourites. Oh, yeah. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've got a bit of a blend going there. That's awesome. I love those guys, yeah. especially Dolly. Yes. Well, sing along songs. I think that's why I like that kind of music. Sing along, you know. I enjoy yeah. that. Singing's great. <laughs> Everybody runs a mile away from me, but that <laughs> that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> true. That's true. But it's just using your voice. Yes, yeah, true. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Express yourself, even if you sound like a broken record. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much for coming on. I've had a really lovely. I've been looking forward to this chat. So even though we yes, may so <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to catch up and chat. Really great. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right. Well, that's it for the end of the podcast. And um, awesome. thank you.